what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Over to my right is Brian Jackson. We are actual brothers. We are brothers that get together and talk technology on a regular basis. So we decided why not put cameras in our faces and microphones in front of us and actually do it for a recording. And that's what we do here on Brothers in Tech. How are you doing, Brian? Well, I'm doing fine. And, you know, the the arrogance that we had to think that other people would actually want to hear our conversations. Uh, <laughs> unbridled pretty, arrogance. Pretty brazen. <laughs> right. But that's okay. I mean, you know, we, we the, the banter, you know, we'll go back and forth with things, which I think is fun. And, you know, people tend to like train wrecks. So, you know, maybe they'll, they'll listen and, and see if this thing goes off the rails. And yeah. Yeah. Well, good. look, Brian. I enjoy talking to you even if nobody else were listening or watching. Oh. So, oh man, do well, you how believe come that? You never, how believe come you never? That? How come you never did prior to this podcast? <laughs> and then, <laughs> what and, what uh, was that? And how come I'm saying that only after a couple of drinks I've had? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that too. Right back. No, at it's you. just been. Right back it's been you. one. Of, it's been one of those days. So I. Uh, this is a good way to unwind and to talk. Talk a little, a fun topic. You know, this is here on Brothers in Tech. What we do is, as a typical show is we talk about home technology, family technology, kind of more personal technology. We're big fans of technology, but we like it when it works and it helps benefit our lives. And uh, we try every time we get together to talk about one aspect or topic on home or family technology. And today, Brian, I don't think you can get more home technology related than what we're going to talk about today, which is air conditioning or climate control or kind of how do we manage how, 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 what the temperature is in our house. Right. Yep. It's really hot. Where, what's the temperature like at your guys' place? Brian's on the West coast. He's out there in Oregon. I'm here in North Carolina. What is it right right now? You you don't want to know. It's it today was probably a high of maybe 69. Oh really? Yeah. Maybe we've gotten out of the seventies recently. You know, we, we did have a, we had a few days, I think about a week ago that was uh, that did hit the hundreds, which was tough for us because there's still some people out here, obviously, without AC and mm-hmm. because you rarely need it, uh, maybe for a week a year. But um, but no, it's back to it's back to normal now of the uh, nice 70s, 70 days in the uh, in the summer. So, wow. And in, in yours, uh, as I remember from my childhood, uh, is yeah. the seven levels Pretty of hell high. or something. What? <laughs> It's it's close. It's we've been in the high eighties, low nineties, kind of consistently on average. I mean, we've had a few mid ninety days. Of course, with the humidity mixed in, it it does feel it can feel pretty brutal outside. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought this is a good time of year to let's talk about air conditioning systems. Yep. Well, in the technology involved in air conditioning, I mean. We'll be honest here. I mean, most everybody, most people are going to have a very traditional air conditioning system in their house. 
But what we well, thought we'd do is talk a little bit about some some possible alternatives to air conditioning systems. Well, maybe some newer technologies that people are taking advantage of that would be good to know yeah. for the future. But also how technology is playing a role in how we control those devices and how we monitor and manage those devices. So that's really what we're going to talk about here on Brothers in Tech today is a little bit on climate control, air conditioning. I realized when I made the title of this episode, Climate Control, I just want to make sure we're not talking about climate change. We don't have any <laughs> theories or ideas on how to fix climate change. I just want to go and get that out in the open. Yeah. We're, we're we talking about the actual machines. Yeah. We're in the machines in our house on how we make ourselves comfortable. That's all we're focused on today. Although I will say, I think a lot of the things we're going to talk about with technology are going to help a little bit on that idea of saving energy, saving electricity, maybe maybe doing some good for the environment, possibly. Uh, some yeah. of the tips and things we'll be talking about. So, How much, yeah. how much did you have to drink already? Uh, a little bit. It's been a long okay. day. It's been a long right. day. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think let's let's deal a little bit more with the the selfish climate control. You know, uh, good. the yeah. the in house. Let's 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 make ourselves more comfortable. Forget about the rest of the world, sort of thing <laughs> today, right? <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, like that's the way point. we'll approach that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think I think it's a good I think it's a good uh, a good direction to take. Um, Alan, you know, I, I was also thinking. You know, the number of people that have changed houses recently in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, you know, has changed to another house, uh, oftentimes maybe buying a house that had some issues built in and you have to try to be creative and figure out ways to make it more efficient, to make it more right. useful for yourself. I think this is one of the, the challenges, right, is that oftentimes people are buying a house going, well, I need AC, but yet... Do I, you know, do I have, do I want to spend a ton of money on a brand new system? Do, is there ways of making it more efficient? Is there ways of potentially making it uh, work for your use as opposed to mm-hmm. wasting a lot of the, the money and energy that, that might go into that? So, yeah, I, I think we've got some, we've got some good ideas to, to talk about and certainly some things yeah. that have been helpful for me to, to, to research a little bit. So, yeah, let's, let's dive, sure. in. Let's dive in. Let's get right into it. So let's talk about some of the more traditional air conditioning systems that people may be familiar with, um, or at least some of the more permanent solutions. Cause again, when you get a house or you, you, uh, upfit a house, typically traditionally the whole air conditioning system that goes in is kind of more of a quote permanent situation. It's meant to be right. built into the house. It's something that goes into the walls. It's something that goes into the attic, whatever it may be. Starting off, I mean, you've got your most traditional permanent system, the HVAC or the, what does HVAC even stand for? Do you know what that is, Brian? Ooh, high, is it high volume air conditioning, something like that, maybe? I'm going to look that up. That's a good question. Yeah, We've always do. called it HVAC. Yeah. I've never actually understood what HVAC stands for. Yeah. yeah. We're going to find out. Right. Oh, it's heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. That no, makes good crap. sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, can we edit that last part out maybe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, Shane Flint already knew. He had already oh, typed it up there Shane. way before I even looked it up. Damn it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. So we've always traditionally just called it HVAC. And yep. this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the the uh everything that's running through your house kind of very traditionally. It's all the uh ducts that are going Duck through work. different parts of your house, yep. typically in an attic or basement to be able to go into vents into your room to kind of push air into different parts of your room. Yeah. 
the idea of an HVAC system, HVAC system is supposed to be kind of housewide, centralized in one unit, both an indoor unit and an outdoor unit that's there to control the climate in all your rooms. Now, traditionally, that has always been something where you have one system, one degree, one temperature you're setting for yourself. Yeah, there have been newer systems that kind of allow you to split. If you get different units, you can kind of control different zones to have different temperatures in different areas of your house, but it's still the same technology. It's still talking about running pipes and ducts throughout your house to make sure you got air being pushed to all the appropriate rooms in your house. Right. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. A blower system, blower system that takes the, you know, condenser, um, cool air sends it throughout. Right. I mean, I, I have, the bigger the house, the more inefficient it tends to become, right? Which is where people oftentimes will do, as you said, multiple units, um, which we're talking about fairly sizable amounts of money, right? You're talking about multiple uh, units kind of controlling different zones. Um, they have gotten uh, certainly more efficient. You know, they're not the same loud device that is constantly running, trying to, to, to push things in, but uh mm-hmm. You know, that that particular style of unit is still around, right? It's still there. Um, I think there's been some some recent adaptations of looking at maybe uh, roof-mounted things that can potentially use rainwater to do different things. I mean, there's, there's, a lot, there's a little bit of change there, but these are the things that basically you're not going to put in yourself, right? So it's kind of a, a little bit on the outside of what this uh, podcast is kind of going for. Right. You want to make sure that, you know, you you have someone who knows this world to be able to give you uh, the the power that you need, the efficiency that you need um, so that you're not you know wasting it uh, on certain parts of the house and then, you know, yeah. losing everything in every and every other part. So, so that's, so Brian, that's very traditional. Yeah. Right? Brian, in my previous house, I had a, a more traditional HVAC system, but it had two zones or two stages, I guess you could say. It would allow me to control by thermostat two different floors on the house. So it was really kind of nice in that it was using a single system, but using with multiple stages. And it worked out really well. That was something I know that wasn't available, I think, when I first owned a house you know, many years ago but became really nice to know it was available because that way you could control the thermostat on different yeah. floors or different areas yeah. and not feel like it was kind of a one temperature affecting the entire house top to bottom. Yep. So, yep. yeah. So that's good. Getting, that's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. But I will, I will say, I, I think one thing that we're seeing happening right now, a lot more with some, some homes and especially some homes that are kind of need a more creative use for where they, where they get air conditioning into is to use uh, what's called a ductless or a mini split system. Yeah. And Brian, I can attest to this personally. I have one of these in my home. So we have a converted attic, an attic that was converted into three rooms upstairs. And when we bought the house, and it was just like a year and a half ago, we bought the house we're in right now. It was an older house. It did not have an air conditioning system at all. So as part of the deal of buying the house, they – agreed that the sellers agreed to finance or, or pay for having a traditional HVAC system going in on the main floor. We have a, most of our houses on a main floor, but they also have an attic that was converted into three rooms. They put in a mini split ductless system up there. 
And this uh, is kind of interesting. I wasn't familiar with it or not as used to it when I saw it a year and a half ago, but we've gotten very, very comfortable with it. So the idea with these ductless mini splits is that there's no need for full ductwork running throughout your house. I mean, it's really just one one pipe or one tube that runs out to an outdoor condenser. Here's another example of one inside. But you have the actual outdoor condenser unit, much smaller unit. And it's meant for really heating or cooling a very kind of localized area. It's not meant for doing an entire house. It's saying, hey, I've got this one room or I've got this one floor or I've got this one group of rooms. I need to kind of uh, control the climate in a little bit differently from the rest of the house, right? Yeah. So it's not having to force the air, right, you know, across the entire house to another right. uh, portion of that, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's directing it towards the, so, so where you normally see on the outside of your house, the, the big fan that's kind of pushing the air all the way through, and then you get the inside unit that's having to push that, uh, circulate the air, right? This is, that that's the circulating device right there that you're, you're looking at on the screen. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the small unit mounts, um, you know, close to the ceiling, it's got the ability to be able to be the fan. So it's really kind of taking the efficiency to a little bit of a, a more effective uh, place, right? Your, your fan is occurring in the room that you need the fan. So it's kind of doubling the idea of a ceiling fan plus having the AC you know, coming in from the condenser as well. So it's really, it's really an efficient thing. Now, you know, you may look at and say, well, I don't want any device like that. I'd much rather have a vent and having air. And that's of course the, for beauty, right? The, the, having the vent is great. Um, but for efficiency sake, right. Or for add on sake, this is a really nice way. And Alan, you know, Alan, we, um, when we were going through the process of looking at houses a while back, we we thought and looked into a lot of little tiny home designs because it's just my wife and I. We were looking at kind of small home, um, and this is this is exactly what the tiny homes will use, right? It makes no sense to have any ductwork when you only have a small number of rooms, a small number of square footage, um, but you can have a a much more efficient and smaller system, less expensive system. I mean, for you know a thousand dollars. You could have the condenser outside plus the uh, the fan unit inside, and potentially even two of them for that, right? I think I've seen maybe six or seven hundred dollars just for a one yeah. one of each. Um, so it's it's a much more uh, effective add on. And in terms of the uh, um, you know the difficulty of installing it, I mean you are poking holes through your wall because you are having to feed a line from the outside cool. in, but it's much less involved, obviously, than throwing the idea of, you know, uh, ductwork throughout your uh, your house and your attic and all of that. So, well, a lot of these mini splits will be rated for how much uh, they can kind of push air out to right. square footage wise or amount of uh, volume of air it can get out there. So, again, like you said, it is really meant for a more localized area. It's not meant for a whole house situation unless it's a very small house. Yep. And uh so you really need to kind of be very careful before putting one of these in to make sure, can it cover the amount of square footage that I could I could use? So, for example, the one we have, which is very similar size-wise to what you see here, we have a Mitsubishi mini split unit in our upstairs attic. And it will uh, really nicely cool off two to three rooms upstairs in our attic, uh, two to three normal-sized bedrooms in our in our upstairs. We yeah. leave it kind of in a centralized area between the rooms. 
as long as doors are left open between the rooms on a regular basis or can circulate, it does push out air and gets those rooms cooled. So that's probably it what, does four, not, four or 500 square feet. If like I had that, to guess, right? yeah. I think it'd yeah. be about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've got one extra bedroom for one of my boys that is on the far end of the attic and it doesn't quite reach that. So we're actually having to kind of address what do we do in that situation because his room stays a lot warmer than the rest of the floor. The air from that mini split is just not pushing out quite far enough to reach out to that fourth room yeah. that we're really needing it to. Um, the good thing about these mini split systems is that you can get a kind of a multi-zone mini split as well. So you could get different wall units like the one pictured here mm-hmm. in different areas. And depending on the size of the condenser you've got on the outside of your house, you could pipe them together and one condenser on the outside could actually push to multiple units on your, your mini split system. Again, it's going to depend on what size condenser, what size mini splits you're getting, how much, how much, uh, how much energy it's going to need to push out everything it needs for those spaces trying to cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's nice to know that I don't have to go and rig up a whole nother system just for this one room. I could just put a smaller mini split unit in that room and pipe it into the same pipe that's running out to the condenser yep. outside the house yep. and that works. I mean, you're, you know, your situation is the perfect situation for these, right? Where someone mm-hmm. might be looking at their, their house now and saying, well, I've got a, a typical HVAC system, you know, maybe it's a two level house or even let's say it's a three level house. And, you know, you say, well, I can t- typically keep the first two floors fairly cool, but the top one always gets really hot. And then maybe you say, well, you know, if there's a way of turning off even your ducts upstairs and change it to a, you know, a mini split just for those and then set up some smart features so it's not always just constantly running, wasting money, you could say this is only going to be on when we're up there or only going to be on at certain times of the day. You know, it's a way of adding on. Now, Alan, you know, typically people have done the add-on situation for more what we call temporary, right? The the portable the portable units, mm-hmm. right? The, the window yeah. unit. Right, the the wall unit, the uh, the rolling you know uh, room unit that kind of pumps into the the window, just like you have there. I mean, those are the those are the add-on ways, and it's certainly much less involved, right, to be able to sure. install those because there is no installation. It's just a you know put it in the window, close the window down on it, and um, and allow it to pull from the outside. So this is the temporary way of doing what the mini split is doing the mini splits doing it in a permanent way it's got hold you know holes to the outside and allows it to do much more efficiently because your your system your condenser is outside pulling the fresh air and uh pushing it inside to the fan this is having a fan on the inside that is needing to be as close to the outside as possible so the window is a way of doing that so uh, and i think that's important to note too because i know that you can see a lot of um cooling units that are portable and kind of easy and a little inexpensive and something you can just drop in your room. The whole key is those typically you have to put water into and you have to kind of keep up and funnel some water in. And they're really not good for cooling any more than maybe a, just a single part of a room. Um, yeah. This type of unit, this type of portable unit that's actually piped in on the outside. That's how it's working is it's actually, you know, using outside air to kind of help regenerate and it is more effective than the ones where you just have to kind of keep them filled with water and just uh, those little portable units you may get around as well. Yeah. 
Um, or maybe maybe not even. I don't I don't know if these days you have to keep them filled with water as much, but you certainly are going to have to empty water out uh, because oh, yeah. of the humidity the water brings of those in. things, yeah. right? And be able to the condenser. You know, it, the, the condenser is on the inside. So when your condenser is on the inside and you've got you know lots of heat built up and you know you've got all that you're going to have the you know the, uh, the humidity kind of rolling off into a, a pan. You know our parents had this right in their old house, Alan, where they had the upstairs mm-hmm. which remained super hot. So they you know used a unit like this. This was a window unit, and the challenge was how do you how do you get the um, how do you get the water that builds up and remember to be able to go up there and do that? Um, you know, I actually had to to go up and kind of rig a little, you know, tube system to where it would feed the water straight out the window and drip down the side of their house as opposed to filling up a container because they were getting older. They didn't want to go upstairs, you know, every two days during the summer to try to empty out the water. So, yeah. you know, there, there, or, was a, there was a cheap yeah. about these. But they, they, you know, if they would have had the mini split system, it would have been perfect, right? There's nothing, sure. nothing to maintain. They could have had smart features to it, um, but that's more expensive, right? This was a less permanent yeah. solution, uh, but it also has some downsides. Well, one downside is if you have teenagers that refuse to empty out the water on units <laughs> like this. Um, and in some cases, you have to start to see mold growing in the water that's in there. Then that, that's a little bit of a problem. That's something you got to deal with mm-hmm. as well. Well, I personally, I've never liked the looks of having a unit like this, this kind of portable unit with a duct or a vent running out to the window. Just to me, I, I, if I know I need cooling in a room and it's always going to be in that room, I'd rather go with a wall-mounted um mini split system as opposed to something that's just freestanding like this connected to the yeah. window. Cause then you also lose some usability on your window. I mean, right. the window is not right. really one that you can now open up all the way or close and treat it like a traditional window. So, um, yeah. but it's good for a portable situation. That's what they're meant for is that you right. could use it in this room. And then after a while you need to move it to another room or change it up for whatever reason. That's the whole portability of this that you don't have with a mini split system yeah. to work with. Well, I'll give, yeah. I'll give you another example on, and this is the same thing with the small units that you and I've talked about before, like the little heater units that you would put in individual rooms. Mm-hmm. You only, If you only needed a certain number of months a year, so out here where we are, the only time we had one of these in our first house that had no AC, it was an older house. Mm-hmm. When we decided to move our bedroom up to the top floor, it was a bigger room. We bought one of these, um, mm-hmm. and the nice part was that during those maybe two months that we might actually want to have AC, we had it. We rolled the two, we rolled it, you know, over close to our bed, and we had it basically blowing right on us on the bed. So it was the AC was where we wanted it, <laughs> only right. where we yes. wanted it. We weren't Good wasting point. it for the rest of the place. And then we also had a little uh, closet where the rest of the year we rolled it and stored it away. Didn't that need makes it. sense so, for that. So yeah. it was kind of uh, it was it was helpful for us to not install a full unit, um, but if we could have at that point done a mini split system and then had an efficiency of uh, being able to turn it on and off when it's needed, because we were certainly wasting power during those months. I mean, it was constantly going when we were ever up there. So, so yeah, this is a, another option, a less expensive option, a less permanent option. Um, just realize there are some downsides, right? Condensation is an issue uh, since the conditioner is on the inside. Plus, you've got issues of 
attractiveness, usability, floor space, um, window use. Um, so there's a there's a give and take, right? Less expensive, less yeah. permanent, but it has has downsides, obviously. Now we do have the the more traditional window unit, right. and this is what's been around for quite a while. I'll admit, I'll I've never been a fan of the window units either, but I will admit that they have come a long way in some of their functionality, some of their attractiveness. I think in the the window as well, you still lose some of the usefulness of a traditional window, obviously, because this has to stay in that window unit. And it is a large box sitting outside the back of your window, as well as some part of it on the inside. But um, this is where, you know, you've got a particular room. You don't have the floor space. You don't need a, a portable unit for it. This is going to stay there a little more. Little, it's, it's still portable. You could still move it to another window, but it's yeah. probably meant to be there a little more long term. Yep. than a true portable unit might be, but functions yep. basically the same way. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just keep in mind, if you're thinking of this, you know, do you have power close by? I mean, if you're talking about yeah. doing something that is not permanent, then of course you're not also wanting to bring an electrician to put a, an outlet right there. So you got to make sure you have power somewhat close by um, so that you're uh, not having to run wires all across your, uh, all across your room. You know, I've, I found that I've had windows that, they look great for a great spot for having a, an AC unit there, but having no outlet close by meant that I was going to either have to bring an electrician in or I'm going to have to run a long cord, which yep. didn't make sense either. So yeah, sure. so just keep that in mind. So ranging all the way from a kind of a whole house system where you actually have you know a company come in and install all the duct work, all the, the um, uh, equipment needed to yeah. run a conditioning system throughout your entire house to going down to something that's a little more localized, like some of these ductless systems that can really focus in on certain rooms or certain areas of your house. Or you get down to a, I need to cool this particular room or this particular spot. And I'd, I need it to be a little more portable to be able to move it from place to place or take it up or down as needed based on what the weather is like in yeah. my area. You kind of got the range of options, but Brian, when it comes to doing anything with any of these units and, and kind of using technology to use them more effectively, what's there's some new there's some technology that can be woven into all of these units. Yeah. Whether it be a window unit, a portable unit, a mini split, or even a traditional HVAC system. Some ways that we can kind of uh, make the best use of them through technology. So let's let's talk about some of that those options. Yeah, I mean, Alan, I, I, will, I will say that. If you asked me, you know, 30 years ago about things like a window unit, uh, I would have said that's that's crazy because they're annoying. They, you know, you turn them on and they're always on, or you turn them on and you got to continue to remember to go back and turn them off and and control them. However, you know, now with everything that has started to move towards the ability to be um, Wi-Fi enabled or the ability to have programming put in place. It means that these things can be much more efficient in the way that they're running, right? And there's lots mm -hmm. more bells and feature, uh, bells and whistles to these things, which I think makes them potentially uh, more usable or at least more efficient now for uh, every everyone's case. So, you know, imagine I've got a, a window unit like this, and 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 it's in a place where maybe I don't spend a lot of time in the summer. Maybe I'm not on that third floor, or maybe I'm not in that converted attic that much, but you also know that if you allow 
if you allow these sorts of things not to turn on and not to stay cool, then you start getting all sorts of other problems, right? When the heat builds up too much, then you lose your efficiency with everything else, or potentially you get some pipe issues. We've had some plumbing issues that have come about from you know, things getting too hot and pipes expanding and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you want to keep a, you know, a level of control that's beneficial, but not waste a lot of energy. So I think that that's where some things like built-in sensors, where maybe you've got a, a unit that not only just is on and off or low, medium and high, but you now have the ability to have a thermostat or you, you tell it you want to keep it at 61, or you tell it that mm-hmm. only turn on when the humidity gets to this level, or you tell it to only turn on at these times of the day when maybe the electricity is not, you know, getting, you know, going crazy throughout the rest of the house. So I think that's the most efficient. I would be looking, any unit that I would buy, whether it's a mini split, whether it's a, a window unit, um, at this point, I'd be looking for the ability to control and potentially use sensors, use other information, right? If it's Wi-Fi enabled, it means that you, you know, we can go and create some automation with this and automation allows us to be more efficient. Uh, If it's not automated, it means you have to remember to be automated yourself. And we all know that that's trouble, right? So that means when I get home, I go and turn it on and then I got to remember to turn it off and change the temperature and change the speeds and all that That's not what you want to be doing. So, well, great example. The mini split we have up in our our upstairs attic. My boys both live up there. The two boys that are here at home, and it has a remote control with it. It is not a Wi-Fi unit, unfortunately. I wish it was, but it has a, a remote control with it. A singular remote control. You can set the temperature. You can kind of set it up or down, and and once it hits that temperature, it'll stop, and it'll kind of keep the room at that temperature, which is great. But the challenge always is, is that if at night we want the temperature to be a different level than it is during the day, we have to go in and manually make that remote control adjustment with the unit every single day. Um, Ideally, the unit would be Wi-Fi controlled, which a lot of them coming out now are, where you could tap it into your your existing uh, Wi-Fi network in your home and set it up just like you would a, a light or any other appliance yeah. where you say, come on at this time or turn off at this time or get to this degree and stop or always keep it at this degree. And it will always do it. And you can set different times for those things to happen. That's kind of the really, that really starts to make this whole system really interesting. Imagine being able to kind of climate control each part of your house separately. Now I know HVAC systems, you can zone them or have different stages like I mentioned in my previous house, having two of them. But that's also a pretty costly thing that you have to do and kind of build into the house to have that capability. This gives you, if you have that one-off room where it's just this room is always hot, we want this to be cooled a different way, and we but we still want to be able to manage it by time and by temperature. That's where having that Wi-Fi or automation capability tapped in is really important. Um, We kind of go back to our all of our lessons, Brian, about – what home networking environment you're using. And that's where you make the decisions on what type of units you get. Because again, a mini split unit, they make some now that are Google or Amazon compatible. Um, I have not come across any that are HomeKit compatible, which is the Apple platform, but I'm sure 
there's probably ways to do it at some point in the future. Maybe some yeah. ways to kind of uh, hack that together, or maybe there's ones coming down the road or ones I'm just not familiar with. But I definitely know Google and Amazon, they do have some that will work with that that platform right away. Um, yeah. So, so make sure you can I, do can that. I, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Can I jump in? Because um, sure. Here's here's the here's the other piece that I that I want people thinking about that. So Alan's in a situation where he just mentioned he's got remote control capability with his mini split. And you're also talking about potentially yeah. getting another unit, right? So, yeah. you, you know, you may have another unit that goes right down the hall to work on the same system, the same condenser, but a different control unit, right? It would mm-hmm. also have a remote, I'm assuming. So, you know, one of the things to think about, think about um, anytime you have a remote control system. So if if you already have something or you found a system that was so much less expensive because it was remote control only, but not Wi-Fi, there are some other tweaks you can use. Um, You can get something that has maybe an RF blaster where Mm -hmm. that will take a Wi-Fi signal to a box, right? I think Bond is one of these, Alan. I don't know if you've used um, that before, but I think Bond kind of does its own version of it. It's like a little hockey puck that sits, um, that is Wi-Fi compatible, and it then blasts out a RF signal every time that it receives mm. smart controls. So I was thinking, you know, in your case, if the if the Bond was able to go through walls, which I think it can because it blasts a much stronger uh, signal, but, you know, you could put that in the middle of your in between your two controllers and then set up some smart capabilities where you say, right, you know, adding mm-hmm. add it change to 65 degrees and it knows then to set these two. Or you could say, adding, mm-hmm. you know, so and so is home, which means turn this one on, but not this one or something like that. If if Ooh. you've got the ability and I mentioned that because, yeah. you know, I know there's a lot of people and this is something I'm actually trying to figure out right now. I have ceiling fans in my house that are not smart compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not smart units. They even don't have remote controls. But if they did have a remote control, I would be able to potentially use one of these external devices to blast the the remote control signal from a Wi-Fi device. Um so there's something to think about, right? If you're someone that has non-smart, or we'll call them kind of dumb, d- dumb uh, <laughs> systems that yeah. have remote control, right? So they are kind of the the previous version, right? The the previous smart version, which was, oh, let's add a remote control so someone can do it from a different part of the room. If you've got the remote control capabilities, there are smart devices that will blast out that remote control. I mean, even the the remote control that I use for my home entertainment system we've talked about before, right? I have well, that, uh, you know, that's hub sure. that will blast out an RF signal. And remember, I, I actually, in a previous episode, went through a process where I was oh, using an did. RF that's blaster, right. a little mini RF blaster to connect to my projector back behind me, which that's is right. not that's right. Wi-Fi control, but I'm able to control it through the RF blaster. All right, so now you got me thinking. The mini split unit I've got upstairs, it will work yep. with a remote control RF signal on it. So I could put up an RF blaster up there, tie it yep. into my, my home kit system. And, uh, it'll take a little finagling, but I could do it. And you're right. Yeah. I could actually control the mini split unit from home kit or any other, uh, home networking environment that you choose to. So, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It is. That will take a little work. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say right. it. there's a little, there's a little work involved in making that happen, easy. but you're no. right. No. It it shouldn't be seen as a complete brick wall 
if you got a unit that was not a Wi-Fi compatible unit. Yeah. Because there are yeah. ways to make it work with traditional remote controls and do that. Um, yeah. Good so, point. So again, let me let me mention it. it so in my situation, so our two situations are slightly different, right? We you look okay. at it and say you have a remote, so therefore you need rather than ripping that unit down and buying one that's Wi-Fi enabled, which would be a lot of money, you could put 50, 75 bucks into maybe a device that receives your Wi-Fi signal, but blast out an RF signal. I, however, have two ceiling fans that don't have remote controls at all. So I bought them. They were, they were, I, I like the look of them. I bought two of them, put them in, but they're only wall, wall control, right? So the wall switch yeah. control. So in my case, I don't have the ability to do an RF blaster. What I have to do, what is, I still have an option, a cheap option. I don't have to rip those down and put a new one in. I can go find the wall control unit, so the light switch, mm-hmm. and yeah. change that out for a Wi-Fi light switch, which means now whatever it was controlling, which is a ceiling fan, can now be what I control via Wi-Fi. So, you know. Yeah. The, the, the key here is that it, you can turn a lot of these things into Wi-Fi to make them all automated, to make them more efficient. Uh, if you already have things in place, you can go back and and rework them, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. the, the switch, whether it's the uh, outlet, whether it's the actual uh, blaster device, you can go yeah. back and switch uh, those that's out. True. And usually that's under $100 to be able to make that change. If, however, you haven't bought it yet, it is well worth your money, I think, to spend the extra to get the Wi-Fi enabled already. So if I was going to buy a new yeah. ceiling fan now, go spend the extra 30 bucks to be the Wi-Fi unit so that I could control it without having to put in a $50 uh, wall unit, you know, a wall switch. Well, and the whole controlling it either through a wall wall switch, like you said, is great. If all you're looking for is the kind of on and off capability, you just want to turn it on. And then you right. go to the fan and control the speed or anything else there. There's limitations, but yes, it can work. I mean, if all you want yeah. is to be able to say, turn on the fan or turn it off, a wall switch will do that. If you make it a Wi-Fi wall switch, same idea on the mini split. Yeah. I can use the RF adapter to, or, or to kind of interface with it, but I would need to go in and kind of really make sure every button and command is kind of mapped correctly. And I know all the commands that need to happen to make, those buttons work. It's, it's a right. little involved. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying right. it can't be done. Sure. It certainly can, but it is more involved. You're right. If you're buying something from scratch, check and look, because really the prices are getting a little bit more in line with more non Wi-Fi units yep. to have Wi-Fi capability in there. And as long as it can connect to your Wi-Fi, there's a way to control it. Even if it means you have to get a separate app on your phone yeah. that will just control that unit. That's still better an than an automator app or something than like not that, doing anything. Right? Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, yep. I agree. That's why we, you know, this fan back behind me here, when it was time for us to upgrade the fan in this, in this den, I said, look, I'm not going to buy one until I know I can get one that is a Wi-Fi enabled that will work with my, yep. my home setup. And yeah, we had to wait a little bit longer to find the right one. But when we found it, it's so much better. And I don't even have to use a switch at all to control this thing. So same idea with your mini splits, your portable units. These portable units, Brian, that we were talking about, and a lot of them are starting to come out with the Wi-Fi enabled ones as well. Um, you know, the mini splits are starting to have them. The portable units are starting to have them. Mm-hmm. Even the window unit, it's some of those now 
will have Y capability in them. So yep. just knowing that you yep. could really control on a room by room basis with a schedule and say, I want this room to be cooled from these hours to these hours at this degree. That's the kind of capability you get from that. Yep. Now, no, Brian, we were great. talking even beforehand, kind of some interesting scenarios you could do once you have any of these <laughs> units controlled um, through a Wi-Fi or internet controlled devices or system. And that you could actually have them work in tandem with one another, which I think is genius. Yeah. So imagine you've got a room with a ceiling fan like mine behind me here. But then I've also got um, maybe a seal. Let's say if it was a window unit or I had a portable unit also here to cool it off. So maybe I want the fan to only turn on when the temperature in the room is a certain temperature. But if it gets to another temperature, I want the uh, the portable the unit to switch on, on or, yeah. or whatever kind of a com- combination yeah. I want to have. Once you get them all built into the same Wi-Fi, either HomeKit, Alexa, or Google network system, you can start to have them interface with one another right. and really create that custom controlled environment for each room that you want. Uh, it starts to get kind of fun to think about it. So, uh, yeah. It's and talking about efficiency, there. right? As you said, it, it yeah. you know, if, if the temperature is between, you know, 70 and, you know, 80, I want the ceiling fan on. If the temperature is between, you know, 80 and above, I want the AC unit on and they just continue to, to operate. And if it's below 70, I don't want anything on, right? You have kind of this, this way of working it. And think about it this way, right? And plus, in addition to that, I only want these things to happen when I'm at home, right? You can yeah, get it so that right. it will recognize that. And if I'm away, then I want to go into away mode, which means that, you know, I only want this happening if it, you know, you raise the temperatures up 10 degrees on both of your things or something like that. So there, there's yep. a lot of ways now that now we're talking about basically creating our own version of a thermostat, right, Alan? Right. We're, we're talking True. about how do we, how do we yeah. control all of this, which of course you and I know that there are ways that we can uh, do that with smart thermostats, right? Or at well, least the, the built-in system. Let's talk about smart thermostats for a little bit because I think it's important to make sure people understand where thermostats now fit into the whole equation of everything we're talking about, okay? These thermostats, uh, the the smart thermostats that you're seeing, the ones made by Nest, the ones made by Ecobee, Honeybee, Honeywell, I'm sorry, all those, they are meant to work with a traditional duct HVAC system. Okay. The idea being that you can basically take a traditional HVAC system and now control it through a smart thermostat. So it's giving smart capabilities to that more traditional HVAC system that most houses have. Um, I'm sorry, Alan, are you talking about the heating, ventilation and air conditioning system? That's exactly what what I was talking about. about. Right. I was using the more common acronym, but obviously we know what those words mean. Um, That's what these are meant for doing. So, the smart thermostat, for anybody who just hasn't really got into this yet, if you have a thermostat in your home, and as long as that thermostat is a wired thermostat going back into your system, chances are extremely high that you would be able to replace it with a smart yeah. thermostat. Now, I say probably just because there are some situations where some older wiring uh, uh, setups on some older air conditioning systems are not going to be compatible with these smart thermostats. You do need to check that out. and. uh yeah. Find out for sure before you invest in it. But the idea being that this replaces a traditional thermostat that was maybe installed with your system initially. 
It is wired into the wall at the same spot where your thermostat was. It controls your air conditioning system, your traditional HVAC. The difference is, is that now this is connected to the internet. So not only can you still schedule it just like you could probably with your older thermostat, you have an on and off time or, or time it happens, but you can schedule it remotely. You can schedule it based on other situations and you can always see the, ther- the, the temperature that you've got anywhere else in the, in the house or anywhere where, away from the house as well. So it really just adds that whole dynamic capability to your HVAC yeah. system, which is nice. Um, but Brian, even just kind of keying in, let's say somebody has a HVAC system throughout most of their house, like me, but I've got a mini split upstairs. And if that mini split were Wi-Fi enabled, then I could, in theory, say that if I wanted to go in to my, my home uh, Wi-Fi network and change the temperature on the entire house to 72 degrees, it would change it on the HVAC system, but then I could set up a trigger to also say with that when that happens yeah. to also make the temperature on the on the uh, mini split upstairs the same same degree so that's where that when you start to have those pieces that can communicate with each other you can really start to do some creative solutions there yeah um, automation and, and communication right is is key here i mean i i, I don't know about you alan but I, i'll i'll never go back to a non-smart thermostat Right after you get to use it uh, for a while, and I've had—I think I'm different than you. I think you've had—did you have the Nest or the Ecobee? I'm trying to remember which one. I had the Ecobee. I had the the Ecobee previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had the Mm -hmm. Nest previously at my old house. I went with the Ecobee at my current house. Uh, I think they're both great. Um, And there's some others. Honeywell has some. uh, Wise has some. Those are two, obviously, that the big players are the Nest and the Ecobee these days. but the ability to, you know, spend a little extra up front, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars to have this thermostat up front and then have the ability. I would say, if nothing else, my the ability for me to be able to go away for the weekend, travel, and then remember, oh, crap, <laughs> I left my mm-hmm. AC unit cranking at the same temperature to be able to go into the app and say, I'm away now. Please change the temperature. Save me some dollars over the next couple of days is is worth it in itself right but yeah. on top of that both of these now the nest is one that is you know it is known for as being a learning thermostat so it has the ability to kind of recognize trends and recognize uh your actions so that it starts to really kind of dial in and i think they did a good job it could be kind of does a similar thing but it doesn't claim to be as learning enabled it will recognize home in a way if you can set up some triggers um but, you know, the beauty is that they're both able to potentially save you money over the long, long term, spend a little extra money up front so that you can then set up schedules. And I think schedules are the big thing, right? If you can set it up so that, you know, we, we know that when we go to bed, we've already set it at that time, it's going to, you know, chill down like an hour before we typically go to bed. And then it's going to stop chilling down so that, you know, by the time we wake up, all these things that normally wouldn't happen on a regular thermostat. Um, so I think those are the real keys and, and the ability for it to then tell you, here's how much energy you were using on these days. Right. Uh, you know, you're wasting some energy at this time. Um, you know, take into account anytime something is connected to the web, it means there's more information it can gather. So, you know, we have it setting up to say if, if the temperature outside is a certain amount, then change our system to, 
this, right? Because See, we're probably going to be opening the windows yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's where, that's where I get excited. And I'm going to tell you my frustration here in a minute with my current situation regarding thermostats. Yeah. But um, what gets me excited is this idea that it can now communicate with other devices or other pieces of data. So for example, right. um, all of our family has iPhones and our iPhones are able to detect obviously when we are at our house or away from our house. So the idea that you could in theory link the two and say, all right, well, if all of the members of our household are away from our house, go ahead and dial the air conditioning down. Like don't, don't keep it the same level. Let's, let's try to moderate it a little bit more. Let's keep it down a little bit lower. So it's not using as much energy, but then if it detects that we come within a certain perimeter of our house coming home, it could technically ramp back up the air to the, to the normal temperature that we would like to have. That's the kind of synergy that you can start to get with other systems. Once you have a Wi-Fi thermostat and you're using other forms of technology and then trigger the mini split, trigger the portable unit, other things you may have in your house as well. That's the fun. You're right. The thermostat works great on its own and does a lot for you. That remote control capability, being able to access and turn it on or off remotely and scheduling it, but to enter other pieces of technique that you have available. Yeah. That's where it gets super fun. Yeah. That's where it gets super, super cool. Right. I mean, you know, as you said, Alan, the idea of me being able to not just turn my AC unit on and off, but be able to do some other things, right? I have a, um, I have a small, um, stand heater, I think was one of my picks, uh, several months back where, you know, we put it down in our basement that doesn't get heated well. Uh, but if we're down there, we want to be able to turn it on Wi-Fi enabled. We can turn it on before we go down there, be a voice. If we're going to go watch a movie or something and have it kind of warm up. Well, technically I could go in and set things up to say, you know, that will heat when, you know, my remote sensor for my thermostat reaches this point in the basement, it's going to kick mm-hmm. in because that's a lot more efficient potentially than turning on my entire HVAC system for a heater to try and heat, you know, everything through a duct system. So I just think there's a lot of, it does take a lot of tweaking. It does take a lot of dialing in, a lot of fun things that you can do. But if things are Wi-Fi enabled, you have the capability of kind of uh, putting these together with automation, which is uh, incredibly exciting. Alan, I'll even mention, um, you know, uh, you talked about turning your fan on and off. I mean, there are ways of um, the Ecobee, you know, I know Nest probably has a similar thing, but I haven't looked into their device in a while since I, I, I switched over. But, you know, Ecobee has little window sensors that says, well, if there's a couple of windows that you typically open, you know, on cool mornings or something, you can set it up. So the window sensor, which is like a security window mm. sensor, say, hey, the right. window's open. If that opens and stays open <laughs> for more than five minutes, cut off your AC unit. Shut it right? down. Which, of course, yeah. is something we mm-hmm. all forget about, right? We go and open up the window yeah. and we're like, oh, it's so nice outside. And then we go, oh, yeah, I got to go turn the AC unit off so I'm not wasting anything. Yeah. Those are things that can actually be integrated together. Um, so incredibly cool, exciting, um, takes a lot of tweaking, does take a little bit of technical knowledge in terms of the automation and tying those together, yeah. but possible, which is really exciting. So let me throw out a little bit of a caveat to, uh, to some of this, it it is a more personal situation and I'm bitter about it. So I'm going to go ahead and just air my, my frustrations out to the world here. But, um, I, I came from a house where I did have a really nice multi-stage, 
uh, Ecobee thermostat situation going on. Much like uh, Shane was kind of saying that he's got a had a three stage system in his house. I had two stages in my house with two different Ecobee thermostats controlling that. It was great. I could say, you know what, I want my upstairs to be about this level temperature. I want my downstairs to be this this temperature. So I got very used to it. I wired those up myself. It was very easy to do. But then um, the house I'm in now, it's a house that was built in the 1950s, did not have an air conditioning system when we moved in. So a new air conditioning system was put in, new HVAC system on the main floor. And the reason it's on the main floor is because we have a full, the basement is a basement uh, cellar that I can access the entire floor from underneath uh, in the basement. So it's really easy for them to run all the air conditioning vents all throughout the house on their main floor from under the basement. So that's where our air conditioning system is. We put the mini split upstairs in the attic because there's really no way to run ducts up to the attic yeah. anyway. Um, so it made good sense that way. There's like, well, we can just put a mini split up there. It'll cool that upstairs. We're all good. The problem I've got, Brian, is that I really want a new smart thermostat put into my house. The challenge is, is where this company that installed the air conditioning system we have put a thermostat. They put in a wireless thermostat that is proprietary to the actual HVAC system. It's a Honeywell system. There's a Honeywell interface down at the air conditioning system. And this thermostat they put up on our main floor is wirelessly communicating with it. So that means that there's no wires on the wall behind that thermostat. There were no wires to begin with because this house didn't have an HVAC system anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they put a they they put a wireless thermostat on the wall, which sounds like it would be nice, but unfortunately this wireless thermostat doesn't do anything on the internet. It is truly just communicating with the unit down in the basement. I can set the temperature and it controls the HVAC unit down the basement. And it works like a traditional thermostat. The problem is there's no wires. So without any wires, I cannot pull it off the wall and put a Nest or Ecobee or anything else there to make it work. So um, we were talking a little bit beforehand what my solutions might be. And I think you're right. I think it is possible for me to wire in a smart thermostat down at the unit down in the basement, the actual HVAC unit down in my right. basement. And then we just control everything through our phone or through voice commands if I have it on our Wi-Fi network. There is something a little unsettling about it. We're not having some wall thermostat unit to go yeah. up and see the temperature or be able to manually adjust it that way. That's not going to be the best sell to my family members. I'm going to have to kind of work on that with a couple in particular. But um, that may be the option we have to take. Otherwise, I'm going to have to find some way to run wires from that basement unit up to the wall where I want to put a thermostat upstairs and make it work that way, which I'm not looking forward to doing that. So um, it's a little bit of my challenge right now, but that may be something mm -hmm. we tackle here in the future with that. Yeah. But I'm no, sorely missing tricky. the smart thermostat capabilities for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's incredibly tricky. I mean, the, you know, you could see why they did it originally, which is a great solution for someone who doesn't have the system in initially is to be able to do a wireless kind of controller, mm -hmm. right? It's great. But I don't I don't think right now Ecobee or Nest have their own wireless controllers. They're assuming that they're no. replacing a thermostat that's in a place where you're gonna want to control it anyway. 
Um, That's so right. you're kind of in a unique place, but, um, but, you know, I'm sure there's some other unique things you could do like a, um, uh, you know, a, buying a small screen that is a uh, built into your, your home automation system. Right. You know, like again, yeah, if you were on that. the Amazon, mm-hmm. if you were on Amazon Alexa, you could buy a little screen, have that be the one that, you know, visually you could probably tweak it so that that's the home screen or something like that. Um, yeah, you're right. But, uh, but you're on home. I didn't even thought about it. makes it a little, <laughs> little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. I thought at one point, Brian, even uh, getting like, like an, an old, old uh, iPhone or iPod yeah. or something and mounting yeah. it on the wall, as long as I can get power run to it to stay powered up um, yeah. and having it there. And it only runs the home kit window of just the thermostat controlling the right. echo B down in the basement. And that basically gives us the same capability that we would have with a, the, the Wi-Fi thermostat I've got now or the wireless thermostat I've got now. So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to think through some good options on that, but I'm sorely missing it. Uh, yeah, I have noticed, sure. I've noticed the efficiencies are just not there with a more standard thermostat. I mean, again, I can, we have left up for, to go on vacation and we did not turn off our, our thermostat or turn it down. And so we were stuck <laughs> the whole trip. I'm just gnashing my teeth knowing that our air conditioning is sitting there waste, spinning and running money, while right? we're not there. Yeah. Yep. So that's, yep. that's a big challenge. That is a big project on my plate is to figure out how to get around that. So I'm going to throw it out to anybody that's watching this on demand later or, or, or has experience in this. Any, any thoughts or ways, good creative ways to take the place of a wireless thermostat on a wall and make it uh, compatible with a smart home thermostat system of some way, shape or form. So I am mm-hmm. all game to look at those options, but um, that is a weekend project. Just- I'm going to have to tackle sometime. Just really quickly, you you don't have easy capability from where the thermostat is down in your basement to go wire straight up to a wall. Well, uh, that, that's easy, not ideal, easy obviously. Is a, easy is a subjective word. I mean, yes, yeah. I could do it. I could find yeah. ways to run the wire from the unit downstairs up into sure. the wall and find a place to put them on the wall. It would be on a different wall than where our thermostat is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not an ideal s- placement for it, but it could be done. So yeah. yes, it's yeah. possible, but not ideal. Uh, and I really don't want to run and do all this work for something that's not going to be a, a, a comfortable space for that thermostat to be. So yeah. Yeah. Any chance of so running it directly to your desk so that you would be the only one that has control of the thermostat right? well, that's while possible. you are sitting yeah. right now? Now we're talking, right? Yeah. So I can just have my master control here and just say, yep, I'm controlling the climate from here in this entire yeah. house. Everyone else has to come and so ask that. you, they have to come and ask your permission to change the thermostat. Right. And, and, and probably giving some sort of offering of some sort to just to, oh, to, of course. to right. Of course. Something to right. entice me to follow their request and uh, give them right. more air in certain areas. That's nice. Right. Yeah. 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 Have Think you cleaned your room? Yeah. Because if not, then the nope. AC is not going to turn on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Although my son, who is in the room that is not air conditioned very well at all right now, it would probably have something to say about that. That, like, well, I, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if I clean my I'll room. Hang or out not. Your, my, I'll hang out in your room. My room is still going to feel like 80 degrees upstairs or, or <laughs> more. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's our challenge. I think I got to deal with his room first, and then I'll try to make it nice and yeah. Wi-Fi compatible thermostats in my house. But, um, yeah. It, I guess the the big picture here that we're saying, Brian, is that there are ways to 
make the air conditioning, the climate in your house uh, a little more efficient and definitely yeah. more controllable than there ever have been before. Um, I think the efficiency can come from where getting away from the thought that your entire house has to be controlled by one HVAC system, even with multi-stages, mm -hmm. that still doesn't quite give you room-to-room -room capabilities or give you the ability right. to really control different aspects of your house much. So you do have that capability, I think, especially if people have a I'm thinking about like a sunroom or I think about a room that's like a, a, a separate building. Like we have a separate yep. garage yep. that would be nice to kind of have right. its own climate set up, but doesn't need to have the whole HVAC system powering every single room. These other options, portable units, the split, uh, the mini splits, uh, the wall units all work really well. And the fact that we can now get them controlled to where we can really fine tune when they come on, when they come off what temperature they reach at, and most importantly to me, how do we trigger them with other aspects of our house to make sure that we're using them as efficiently as possible? And all that is right. definitely more capable than before. So, yeah, no. yeah. it's kind of, it's and then of course your exciting. thermostats. Thermostats you can plug in even if you don't touch anything on your air conditioning system. You have a traditional system. The smart thermostat can still be a key to turn that traditional system into a much more dynamic and efficient system for you and to kind of cater yep. it more to your needs. I saw cost savings within a couple of months when I had the Echo B running on our house yep. before, because I knew for a yep. fact that our air conditioning was not running as efficiently as it could have. And uh, it took about three or four months, but about after that time I did start to see costs were dropping uh, for our energy bill, even though it was, you know, the same, I felt like the same usage as before. And that was exciting to see. So I'd love to kind of experience yeah. more of that again. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll mention two things really quickly. Alan. One, sure. um, the, if you, depending on the type of house that you have. So I, when we moved into this house, we have a, we have three levels, but it's kind of like a two levels on one side and one level that's in between. I don't know what that's called a split, split house or something like that, but yeah. split mm -hmm. level, um, split level. Mm hmm it's below level. Yeah. So it's really interesting in that the basement obviously stays cool. The uh, bedrooms, which is right above it, stays a little warmer. The in between the living room is kind of uh, an odd, you know, odd temperature. But, you know, the thermostat is obviously up close to the bedrooms and that's where the heat is. And a lot of thermostats are reading the temperature there. So we went with the Ecobee because it came with remote uh, sensors. So you could yeah. put that sensor in another place and it would take the average and say, well, here's what the thermostat is giving us. And here's what your remote sensor is giving you. So we, we tried initially, we put it down in the basement and said, we want the average. And we found out, whoa, okay, we actually like our basement cooler. So we don't even want that mm -hmm. in the equation. We'll just let it be its own thing. We put one in the living room. It takes the, the average between the two, which is great. So I do yeah. think that, you know, depending on your structure of your house, if the efficiency of your AC unit, which we do not, I mean, it's a 60s house, it's not that efficient. Um, so we wanted to really take into account where the temperature was. So having a remote sensor is kind of nice to say, this is where I care about the temperature, maybe my living room, maybe my bedroom and my thermostat's in one place, but this sensor is what I really care about where, where that temperature is, is what I want to dial in. Um, so I, be I believe both have the capability of doing that. I think the Echo B came with one, which was really great for us. Um, the other thing I would mention is that if you're looking at those, uh, smart thermostats, 
you mentioned that not all systems can handle them. And that is true. There are some that can't, but you know, there's also some additions. Don't panic, right? If you look at it and you find that you are um, someone that doesn't have the C wire, you'll have to, you have to learn what a C wire is and you'll have to learn whether or not you have one and whether or not you need an addition to this th smart thermostat, which is basically the power, the power, you know, contribution to the, uh, the thermostat. But, you know, they're, they're fantastic. If you've got one and you say, this is great, my system works fine, just realize that um, there may be some, some cost savings to eventually switching over to one. And I, and I highly yeah. advise it if it's, if it's possible because I completely the agree. capability of, of recognizing times where you don't need it to run. Uh, here's another thing, right? We went out, we go out on trips, you know, a lot of times when the summer we'll go travel for, you know, a couple weeks at a time and then driving back, realizing, oh, you know what? On my way back, let's an hour out, let's go ahead and tell it mm -hmm. to start cooling. Right. Yeah. That's one yeah. of those things that's just fantastic when you come back and realize your hot, you know, your hot house has now cooled down by the time you got there, but you didn't have it on the whole time. Right. Because right. we remember, Brian, the days of, you know, family would go on vacation when we were young. And it's like as soon as you get home, if it's like in the middle of the summer, the hot Miserable. the house is blazing hot and you got to immediately flip on all the air conditioning. It takes you know a couple hours to kind of get comfortable yeah. again. Uh, that yeah. was always rough, and we can definitely prevent that now. I, I'm showing up on the screen just because you mentioned those remote sensors. Yeah. I want people to see and understand when we talk about these little remote sensors that like the Echo B uses. These are battery powered. They're not wired. You don't have to wire anything. You don't have to hook up anything. They honestly are battery powered, like with a watch battery. You put them in a part of the room that you're wanting it to gauge the temperature of, and it's feeding data back to your thermostat. So your thermostat can say, hey, here at the thermostat, we're at 71. Your sensor in the other room says 74. So if now we want it to say, well, let's set it at 72 as an average yeah. between the two, that's what it's going to work as. So these yeah. little sensors, I just want people to understand, these are very simple, very low, you know, no wiring, no installation needed. You, you on, They anywhere. honestly come with the yeah. Echo B. You put them wherever you want, and it starts detecting the temperature from that zone uh, right away. So, yeah. 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 So depending on the complexity of your house, do look into – sensor capability. Uh, I think Honeywell is another one that has really, really jumped into the, uh, the sensor capability. I mean, if your house is somewhere that uh, you have concerns about um, humidity, you know, the Echo occasionally will send us a little text message that says, hey, by the way, we noticed the humidity in your, your house is pretty high right now. Is there, a, is there a problem with your AC unit? Which, of course, makes us panic. And then we realize, well, <laughs> we've got the doors open. And it just yeah. rained, right? It, it feels humid. Um, but having sensors, remote sensors, again, the beauty of a smart thermostat, the beauty of smart anything that we've been talking about is the ability to use other information, whether that's other inputs from remote, uh, voice, whatever, or the ability to say, you know, if it is going to be really, really cold tomorrow, then go ahead. If you, if you can see the, the you know, predicted... Um, forecast for tomorrow and see it's going to be really cold, go ahead and start shutting down our AC now, yeah. right? The day before, because we know tomorrow we're not going to need it. And all of that That's a great example. really dialing your efficiency. So um, yeah, it, I, I know even, uh, even a listener or a watcher was saying that, uh, you know, they use it to control based on external temperature, outside temperature yep. affects yep. the inside. Same idea. Yep. Your, 
when it's connected to the internet, it knows what the temperature is outside and it knows what the forecast is for the weather for the next day or so. So let's use that data to better accommodate our house. No need in having a a freezing cold house um, when it's also freezing cold outside or vice versa. So uh, you can definitely make it adjust based on that as well. You know what I think we ought to do, Brian? I I think this is great. I think we've kind of wrapped up our conversation on this, but I'm seeing the need to have an episode at some point soon. We talk a lot about kind of creating actions and automations Mm -hmm. where different units can talk to each other. We've talked about it in theory, but we've never actually really sat there and shown building these things out because I guarantee you a lot of people probably have the phones or the computers that have the capability of tapping into a Google uh, home network or uh, an Alexa network or a home kit network. I think it'd be a good uh, episode for us to actually pull up the screens and actually say, all right, let's create some, some actions that use different units and different devices you may have in your house and let's make them work together because we've just been talking in theory on those. And I, I think there's, I think it would be helpful to see, how you can actually do it because um, I think that's there right. are some tips and tricks that'd be really helpful there. We'll have to do that soon. All right. Yeah. Well, that that's is awesome. air conditioning and climate control and just making yourself a little more comfortable in your house. Again, the technology is out there to, to make it more of a better fit for your size house, your layout of your house, more finite control in different areas. And most importantly for me is just being able to be more efficient with how we use the devices and, uh, I think we can save a little money. I think we can make things a little more customized to our needs. And, uh, you know, if it helps the environment too, coming full circle to what we said at the beginning, then so be it. That sounds great too. Yeah. Brian, if somebody has heard us talk about all this and has some thoughts or input or maybe, uh, fill in on something that we missed, how can they uh, go about doing that with us? Yeah. Send us an email, um, at uh, info at the mesh.tv. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, you know, personal climate control kind of uh, strategies. I mean, I, I can tell you, I, I'm always, uh, you know, open to new ideas. If, uh, if there's a more effective way of doing that, if there's an effective app out there to control things, to, uh, to kind of make the, the system work more effectively, some products that work, you can also go to our website at uh, www.brothers-in-tech.com and uh, see previous episodes. It is a work in progress, but we are getting to the point where we're pretty, you know, excited about uh, putting some some blog information up there and uh, some of our own reviews. So some of the info you send us may not go right into an episode, but it might allow us to be able to share on the web for uh, for others. And uh, so uh, so do send us that info, and uh, we appreciate right. your uh, your support. Great. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thanks, as always, Brian. You, you did more of the heavy lifting on this episode. I think you did a little more homework. You've done a little more research on this than I did. Mm-hmm. Now, you say that, but honestly, the, like the last two episodes, I think I pretty much I know, carried. I know. Yeah, you did. So, well, I left, I left you hanging one day without even coming. So that was I – think, I think I owe you, I owe you a, few, uh, a few times. But, uh, but no, this was, this was good. I mean, good. this is – this was good. Uh, anytime I can get on, we can talk tech, and it's something that I'm in the process of trying to figure out in my own house. Then this is a this is a good thing, right? It helps me out. Well, Hopefully, it helps some others out too. All right. Well, we will right, be uh, posting up some new topics here in the coming weeks, so be kind of staying tuned for that. And as always, if you have any questions, you know, Brian gave you the email address and the web address. 
come check us out or talk to us. We love to talk tech with anybody who's interested. So for Brian Jackson, oop, this way over here, Alan Jackson here on the left. Uh, thanks for listening or watching Brothers in Tech, and we will talk to you next time. And oh, I'm you're preparing, aren't out you? Because I have to remember to play the closing video. All right. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. See you later. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.